could be is. And so that's, I mean, it's, it's very important. It's not as though you're just going to eradicate fear from your life. Right. The, the difference, courage and bravery is about what is overcoming the fear. We all have it. But what do you do with that fear? Do you run away and curl up in a ball? I'm just out here not being brave. words pod my name is keon aka almighty the dj and i am earl lonnie hooks aka young one with himself oh. <laughs> for today i'm feeling it today we podding today I'm, I'm i'm on it i'm i'm overzealous today i am brimming with energy today a very special thanks to everybody that would be joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. We are really on there. Really, truly, truly. And please do not forget to follow us on Instagram at ALWPod. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you today. Let's get straight into the shits. Let's talk a little bit about the last episode we had. All right. Just a little bit about it. No, I was going to end up talking about it today anyways. I mean, is there a point that you would like to start on in particular? No, I want to know where you, where you want to start. Well, I want to start on the fact of it was emotional. Oh, yeah. It was heartfelt. Yeah. It was touching. Yes. For us, and I'm certain for the listeners as well, but something that I feel like we have to, we really have to talk about because we've, we've touched on it mm. outside the pod. Mm-hmm. But we really need to get into this. All right. What is going on with us black men? <laughs> <laughs> Let me elaborate. Please. <laughs> After that episode was the very first time that we had hugged, that we had actually embraced one another. Full, I'm not talking about the dap in the one arm around, or the, <laughs> none of that other stuff, or the clap in the hug. Like, right, n- right. none of, like these are, and what's funny about all these different ways of like embracing your homies is that it's, it's, it's kind of a hug. It's like, you, it's, it's like you're trying, <laughs> like you want to give a hug. Like, that's what it is. Like, you're trying to give a hug, but at the same time, <clears throat> sustaining some sense of masculinity of some of but what's funny is what is that masculinity it it is like a it's a brittle form of masculinity it is a fake masculinity well here's the thing for me is like i'm not against hugging anybody i mm. like hugs i like to give hugs you <laughs> so stupid you know what i'm saying like okay. I, I have no problem but it's i guess it's just Every since we've known each other, we've always just did the dap. That's what was cool. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't signify our love for each other any less. It's just, okay. I don't know. That's just always what we've done. I've never thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to give a hug, like a real ass hug today. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I dap you up. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the hug is definitely more significant. I think it's a lot way. more intimate. It, 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 no, it's certainly more intimate. Yeah. But it doesn't, it, it never 
meant any the dat never meant any any anything less well i okay yeah. so uh, le- okay so let me challenge you on that okay because for what reason then would we say that we decided to hug each other i guess the the right emotions and the intimacy was 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 there i guess it right. presented itself okay and i okay. guess it just felt a little i guess the hug felt a little more right in that moment. Okay. 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 So, so we were acting according to the circumstances at the moment. Uh, yeah, I guess. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's get into that. All right. Why is it that the circumstances that we're in are not m- more frequently the set of circumstances that have to be set in place for us to embrace each other that way. And I don't just mean you and I. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about... So th- this is why I started this with black men. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not because I'm just picking on us. This this is not it. I go to work. And there's my homie. Shout out to Nick. And we're talking. White boy. Right? We're talking. And he listens to the podcast avidly. I'm saying, yo, you got to listen to this one. You got to go check out the the latest Instagram post I put out. I think you'll like it. I think it'll touch you. And he's like, you know, are you going to give me a little bit more than that? Like, are you just going to leave it at that cliffhanger? Like, what are we talking about here? And I tell him, well, we had a moment. Keon and I had a moment together. And when I told him what happened, I didn't tell him the particulars of the situation, but I told him we cried together. We hugged it out. And we told each other we love each other. All of this was the first time for each of these things. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, first of all, congratulations. (laughs) Like, congratulations, because that's a huge step in you all's relationship. Right. Secondly, damn, that's my friends and I like, that's just kind of what we do. Like, Now, I'm also not just going to take that very small sample size and just say that all white guys do this. I'm not going to say that. But I but I do think. I do sense that there is a difference between the white male species and the blacks. Yeah. I do. Blacks. (laughs) I I do think that we are, that we do relate to each other differently Mm -hmm. from what I've seen growing up. I I definitely think that that's the case. This brings to mind a book I read a long time ago called I Don't Want to Talk About It by a best selling author named Terrence Real. And it mostly spoke about men. Not wanting to speak about their feelings for all the archaic reasons that there are. You know what I mean? We all want to be big and strong and provide and, you know, force and all this sort of shit. And these are these are ideas that come from a pre-existing paradigm. The, The spirit of the age has changed, hopefully. And if there isn't some sort of renaissance that's actually going on today, if we're too into it to really know, I don't know. There's at least a renaissance going on inside of me mm-hmm. every day. I know that. I know that there is huge change and enlightenment age going on within me. I know that. And so I have to ask these sort of questions. I have to bring them to the podcast to ask these questions so people can hear them, listen to them, feel them. We. This has been a lot of issue with um, me being in the chat for years, I may have spoken to you about this a long time ago, of a lot of the content within chat rooms amongst men are about third parties, mm-hmm. music artists, 
celebrities of whatever sort, athletes, this person that we know on Instagram, that person we know on Twitter, it's shit talking and it's, oh, look at this, it's a look at that, but it's never about the people in the chat. That's going to fuck some people up. <laughs> because that's so, that's so real. It's so real. Are, that, do you don't find you that would, to be like a weird thing? Like that we like it's. I there are five. There'd be five people in the chat. Four or five people in the chat, and we don't ever speak about the people in the chat. Like that's really weird. Now, to me. now that you bring it to light, I know this isn't your first time saying it, but now that we're actively talking about it, and this is more of a, you know, this is a real conversation about it. That is weird. It's absolutely <laughs> weird. Um. It, why don't we talk about each other's lives, things that are going on? Um, and once again, it's not that I don't think anybody's against it, but why doesn't it feel, why doesn't it come naturally? Like, why isn't it just, why isn't it, why can't it be 50 50? Why can't it be, you know, some real intentional shit, but also some, some laughs as well? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, weird. I, I don't, yeah, I find it. It's not hard to do. Like, well, maybe, well, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe that's what is. I'm saying. Maybe it is. Maybe but, it's not for you. I know it's certainly not for me. But that's why I usually just am absent from those things because it just, it just, it doesn't seem, again, to me, real, substantial. Like, I, I, I don't care to, to just open up my chat of my best friends and it's just like TMZ in there, <laughs> like, or the, or the shade room. Like I, I don't, I don't care for that to be the we, thing. We don't. <laughs> what? Like, what do you, what do you? No, because I'm, I'm honestly not a big fan of either of those platforms. So, I would hate for anything I'm involved in to be compared to that. Exactly. And I'm comparing something that you're involved into that right now. It's, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's really weird. And my thing is, see, so, so then. And, and you know what? I intentionally put on the on the Instagram post of us crying together and having that moment. Men should cry together more. Mm-hmm. Some men, you, they just going to try to hold it together and not let it tear out no matter what. Ha- they mama die. Everybody, everybody die. They just. I'm not sad. Like some people are going to do that. That is, is wild. It is. Because look, a lot of people. Before I say this, I'm going to apologize to anybody that listens to this podcast because I am not always fully transparent on here. Like I am transparent, but there are a lot of things that I sometimes hold back because this is all social media and I get in my head and I think about things a lot and I think about what could happen. And Mikey brought up something really, really important that really kind of blew me away. I was talking to him about that last podcast um, just a few days ago. And he was like, you know, you're that fear, you know, the fear of any resemblance of me and Jacory's relationship being like my, me and my father's. He was like, that fear is rational, mm-hmm. but also unrealistic. Okay. And I was like, Damn, you know what? A lot of my fears are like that. Like, it's rational to think about the subject and be like, damn, I would hate for that to be the case. Right. But is that actually going to happen? Probably not. I'm, you know, like, I'm not a bad dad. 
I know that. Right. Know, but the fear of that ever being the case just overtook me last week yeah. and just put me in a different place. Right. And it like that fear makes me sick. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry because I'm I just want I want to try to to be more more transparent on here. Um and I think that's going to help. I think that's going to make this podcast a lot better. Um it is it's already great. It's already great. <laughs> but it's, it's going to I, I I'm going to try my best to just be <laughs> Keon's like I don't know why you guys have been listening up until this point. Like, I just I'm, got real. <laughs> I I'm going to try my best to just be more of myself. Um, and that's also not to say that I'm not being myself. I'm just going to try to be a little more real on here, mm. um, to allow emotions like that to, to take fruition and, and just, just be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to try, just try my best not to hold back as much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause like that story, Hey, uh, Tia, that story you were telling me about Tia the other day when she was, you know, kind of asking about my whole job. And I'm just, I was just thinking in my head, like, nigga, just say where you, Say where you work. Yeah, which like, is, yeah, which is pretty just, much you were you were talking about being a, a property yeah. manager, which people believe when they hear those words, they think they're thinking houses, right, right? Right. And so when you're talking about people not being able to close their doors <laughs> and stuff like that, she's like, "What is he talking yeah, about? It like, doesn't make any sense." And I realize how dumb that sounded. Now, right you, now. And, and you were hoping that she still found something funny or yeah. like could be aghast at what was going on. Yeah. But the whole point is. Those those elements of, of of comedy, right, or astonishment can't truly be had without the firm right. infrastructure yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that context is very important. That combined what what she said combined with what Mike was telling me the other day, I'm just like, like, dog, you gotta relax. Just relax. There's obviously gonna be some things in here that you're never going to say on the pod, mm. but you can be a little more transparent with some of the like stop trying to make these niggas figure it out on the by themselves <laughs> like just i i work i am a property manager at a storage facility so <laughs> now my story should make more sense to you guys all right you can go back and listen to them all <laughs> so if i ever speak about my job ever again it'll make more sense all right so i apologize for not for for kind of leaving people in the wind like that mm-hmm. me because I have these rational yet unrealistic fears sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to put a, a lot of that behind me. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Yeah. yeah. And and on top of that fear, that fear like he also said does push you to be great. Yeah. That is Mikey sat here in that seat and he said I refuse to be average. Mm-hmm. He's like I just can't and in the way he's saying it, he didn't say it there, but there's a fear in him of being less than what he knows he can be. And that that fear does propel you forward yeah. to try to distance yourself from that and get closer to whatever idea of what you think you could be is. And so that's, I mean, it's, it's very important. It's not as though you're just going to eradicate fear from your life. Right. The the difference, courage and bravery is about what is overcoming the fear. Mm-hmm. It, it, we all have it. But what do you do with that fear? Do you run away and curl up in a ball? I'm just out here not being brave. <laughs> <laughs> what that look like? 
Well, I'm just out here just yeah, just, just pussyfooting around. Just, yeah, I mean, whatever. you know what I'm saying? Like in in there's just certain there's certain ideas and tidbits that have to be set in place for you to understand understand bravery and then have a better understanding I mean of bravery and get a better uh relationship with bravery. We are all going through these things. Yeah. That's what's funny is and when I spoke last week about the Peter Pans of the world, the people that are just running around acting in such ways that are just disingenuous to themselves and to other people, this is what I'm talking about. That was a subliminal? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but I know people didn't get it because some people hit me up and I, the, what they said to me let me know that they didn't get it. Because <laughs> I think that they're thinking literally like people running around in costumes. And I'm just like, oh, oh well, my goodness. No, but, that, but, but, nah. but, the, but the point is... We're all going through stuff, but no, but people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Just it's, it's, again, it's weird to me. We're all experiencing fear and, and, and love and sex and elation and disappointment and discouragement and encouragement. We're in these highs and lows. We're all experiencing them, but people just act like, nah, it's all good over here. Like, nah, I don't, I don't do, I ain't experiencing none of that stuff that you, Jew experiencing. <laughs> like, that's not true. It's just not true. So, again, truth. Yeah. What is your relationship to it? How do yeah. you feel about putting the cards on the table, putting your heart on the table? Yeah. I mean, for me, I I I enjoy it. Being here, being present, having conversation with people, that's where I find and, – and, and it being truthful, let's let's think about this for a second. Let's get back to why these conversations, why these set of circumstances do not come up enough for us to feel as though an embrace is worthy of the moment. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, this shit in the chat is is crazy to me that we just don't like don't talk about each other and what we got going on in each other's lives. Is get it started. Let's get it started. Oh, see, if I was in that game that y'all was playing in Thanksgiving, I might have scored some points. <laughs> I might have scored some points. So, let's see. How, how do how do I want to start this conversation of what is what is hindering us from having these conversations as as men? <sighs> I'll start with this. Are we afraid of getting fried up for it? When you and I, I think it's deeper than that. I think it comes from, I think it comes from hurt. Mm -hmm. When there was this book, Reclaiming Conversation, I've talked to you about by a woman named Sherry Turkle. And she, she has done research. If you have a phone on the table, definitely upright where you can see the glass or quote unquote, the black mirror, right? I forget the percentage, but it the, the but the susceptibility, the probability of the people present having a meaningful conversation is drastically diminished. Why? Because in my mind, if you have your phone out and I know how people are, if I even think if I even predict that if I start talking about something that means something to me, if I start to wear my heart on my sleeve and show you my soul for a second, and it only takes a second of neglect, mm. 
if you if that phone goes off and you pick that shit up or you start scrolling through Twitter or Instagram while I'm speaking to you, I'm crushed. The person will probably never say it. They'll just, you know, be like, oh, yeah, you know, but anyway, it doesn't really matter and just change the subject. And that happens in conversation all the time. And the other person has no idea what they just did mm. to the person trying to talk to them. Mm. It happens with, with parents and children all the time. Children try, running up to their mom, their dad, trying to talk to them about something that means the world to them. And they don't think that the child has wherewithal, or maybe they don't even have the wherewithal to know if the child has wherewithal or not. But they don't think that the child is looking at them really paying attention to if they're paying attention. So they think that they can get away with, you know, sending a work email real quick or playing a fucking candy crush or something like that while they're talking to the kid. This whole time, the child is looking at them like, so you don't care about my experience. And and what's more interesting about that is that those thoughts that the kid is having at that very moment, at moment may not even really really burst out of them in that moment but it's like when they become adults though they're gonna remember those things you know what i'm saying especially if that behavior from the parent doesn't change they're gonna remember those things and that's where those strained relationships come from yes yeah th- yeah those definitely carry on and they're learned and you 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 a lot of times you know we don't know where we learn things from that's what that's what um therapy is for to try to open up a lot of those you know, suppress the memories and figure things out, digging, digging and digging back into the past and figuring out, oh, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. That's why I flip out on people when they do that. That's what that trigger is. That's why I feel inadequate in this situation when so-and-so pops up. That's why I curl up in a ball and stop talking. That's why this happens. That's what that's what it's all about. So if you had come on this podcast, now this is something that maybe you know, I look into a lot of people don't because they're not thinking about the mechanics of conversation, but I'm a conversational engineer. So I do. Mm. So bars. So <laughs> when you're having this conversation with is me, that a real thing? Hold on. Is that a real? No, thing? I coined that. And I'm going to I'm going I'm gonna, to. Yeah. yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it. <laughs> so when you're sitting here and you're having that conversation with me, one, no matter what it is you're talking to me about, I'm, I'm there. But I instantaneously recognize when someone is talking to me about something they truly care about. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you have to take that into account. You have to realize what that moment means to them, what it ought to mean to you because of what the moment could mean for you all. Right. And so I sit back and I stop talking. I don't need, I'm I'm done talking. The floor is yours. The only thing that I ever had to say was, take your time. We're here. We're waiting. Mm. No no issues. We're willing to wait. Mm. You're good. Don't worry about it. Continue. That's it. Mm. Now, if I, now, if I started looking at my phone or I picked up my iPad to look up a word or... If I had some notes, which I don't, but I just started looking at notes to figure out where I wanted to go next in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen that on interviews and like I'd be flipping out 
when I watch interviews and the interviewer has asked the interviewee a question and they're they're answering the question and you could tell the person cares about it. And then they start looking at their they start looking down at their notes to figure out where they're going to go next. My mind explodes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you fucking doing? This is J. Cole sitting in front of you answering a question about how he feels about life or the future or whatever. And you're looking down at your notes. Look at that man. He's talking to you. And then I see the person shut down. Mm -hmm. As soon as that happens, you see the passion. You see the momentum in the way that they were speaking. And then I see it just. Just just crash and burn. I see it happen, but the person that they're talking to has no idea that they probably, if they had been more present and gave valid responses and let the person know that they were truly listening, what what was a good answer could have been a phenomenal answer. Mm -hmm. They could have gone on for another minute or two and gave you so much more of what they were thinking and feeling, but they stopped because they didn't feel heard from you. Right. Because they looked at you and you wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, I when you when you say, do we think we're gonna get fried in the chat if we talk about it? I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily fried or if I feel like fried, roasted, ridiculed for people that don't. Fried. <laughs> I I think that with with so many people that have hit me up recently, wanting to talk to me. I think it's because, and not just think just because it's out of my own ass, but because people have told me that they feel extremely comfortable coming to talk to me. Mm-hmm. They think it's easy to talk to me. They know that I'm listening to them. And so, like, there are no distractions. Something I love about this podcast, and I don't think I've really, well, about what podcasting should be, but definitely this podcast. I can't really speak for others, honestly. Because people do think that it is just talking. You go in there, you just record, it's just talking. But guess what? Since we're talking about a set of certain circumstances, specific situations, let's talk about this specific situation that we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. This is why this sort of conversation is different. When you're hanging around most people having what people call conversations, quote unquote, I'm throwing the bunny ears up there because I don't think people are really having actions of seeing together. I don't I don't even I stopped using the word conversations for what people are doing. Mm -hmm. I call them interactions. They're interacting with each other, (laughs) but I don't call them conversations. I have conversations with people. Other people have some some slight interactions. Okay. Usually, there are many distractions. You're out at a fucking coffee shop. There's fucking coffee being poured. Forks and knives and spoons clanking around. People walking around. Somebody with a fat ass just walked past you looking at the... There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of sensory stimuli going on. And that's not to say you can't have a good conversation, but it takes a certain level of focus right. if you're going to be out amongst all these distractions to have a good conversation. True. Phones out. People do pick up their phones a lot. Start scrolling through stuff. I want to check this. Oh, I'm just going to take my text message real quick. Or I'm just going to look at this. Hey, have you seen this? Sometimes it's just a, you think you're enhancing the conversation because you want to show somebody something. TVs, you hanging out at your friend's house. 
there's music in the background because people just like background stuff. Again, I'm not going to be the person to be on his moral high horse or his ethical high horse, but I don't need things in the background for what? Wh- wh- why? You, there was a time. I'm old. Nigga. There was a time <laughs> when when people spoke, it, they only had each other. Mm hmm. They didn't have speakers in TVs and this and that. That was back when people only had one another. Right. So that's that's it. There was no TV in the background. Oh, I'm gonna just play this TV, this this, music, this uh show in the background. For what? Oh, I don't know about that. As far as the T, like I that's if I if I have people over, I don't know that the TV is gonna be on unless we're all like watching football or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But in that point, we're all engaged with the television. We'll, we'll, you know? we'll see. That's the thing. How many times? Have, I mean, I don't know how many times you was over at the 103, but there have been mad times where, you, where you're in a setting with a bunch of guys uh-huh. and there is conversation going on. And I don't necessarily even want to engage in it because I know that if it really gets rolling, they're just like, oh, shit, did you see the touchdown? Oh, oh, forget it. Hey. Hey, yo, he just ran the motherfucker for 70 yards. Oh, shit. I told you this nigga was nice. Well, I mean, well, listen. Well, I told y'all he was nice when he got drafted four years ago. No, I know you didn't. Yes, I did. I did tell you he was going to be nice. (laughs) Nigga, I bought his jersey. I was the first one to have his jersey. And then that starts. Uh Uh-huh. And so now that conversation is done with. Whatever conversation was going on, that's done with. So what I'm saying is this is a specific set of circumstances. So when people come here and they have this conversation and we think it's kind of weird, again, we we do this. So you think it's kind of weird, like, damn, people are really like energized and they come off with a high. They really enjoy this moment Mm -hmm. shared here. Why is that? It's because it's a specific set of circumstances that they do not find themselves in anymore because we in 2021 and you very rarely find yourself with zero distractions, another person in just the information that is going to flow back and forth between you all. Mm-hmm. That is that is a special thing today. Mm-hmm. That is a very special set of circumstances. So we trust each other to be honest with what we're saying mm-hmm. and to listen to one another. And then so we can get a lot of the information and conversations that we have had for the past however many episodes. And we've been doing this. This is episode 93. But a lot of people do not feel and and I do not blame them that the world is not listening to them, that the world is not paying attention to them, that people do not care about what they have to say and what they feel. Mm hmm. That is what that is. That has been the status quo for quite some time. So it 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 does not surprise me at all that people do not want to start opening up about things because it's like you don't really care. You don't really care. So that, I think that that's a huge reason why we don't talk about each other right. more, right. which then would open the gates to the moments in which we find it. Um, uh, acceptable to embrace one another. Okay, so we just meet up and we dap, we dap, and we and we keep it moving. And there's no I love yous, there's no crying together, there's no hugs, there's no none of this. Now again, I said I said together, men should cry together more on that post. 
Because I think that they'll let it out with with their with their women. I think with their ladies, we get a whole lot more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Why? Because our ladies usually show us that they care about what we're talking about, and right. what we're going through, and what right. we're thinking. I think that is that definitely brings your point around for sure. That definitely. So then, a question I have to ask us is: How fulfilled are we with our men, with our male relationships? Because when you extract everything that is vulnerable, now again, you and I are a special case, but when you extract everything that's vulnerable about us, then what are you left with? Like, what are we talking about? It's just a bunch of rah-rah. Bunch of bro rah-rah shit. (laughs) You know? (laughs) You know? Nigga this, nigga that. (laughs) That's, that's all you got it left. Gets, it gets it gets really brittle and frail <laughs> once you extract the things that really matter. Because think about the the conversations that you probably have with Antoinette. Yeah, I don't know what they are, but I bet you they way deeper than the conversations you have with these niggas. Yes, absolutely. And it, absolutely. Okay. Are, and there are reasons for that, and we just digging into the reasons. Mm-hmm. But but and and hey. Shout out to everyone that said anything nice or at all about the video that we posted, Mm -hmm. right? And about that moment we shared. Mm -hmm. But you saw the polarity in the way that things were articulated. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. We had had Katie pop up, who I'm I'm thinking about having on the pod, by the way, Mm -hmm. talking about that emotion was beautiful. Right? Right? Even my dad popped up, and this was cool because he's a different type of dude, though. And he was just like powerful, you know what I mean? So he he was, you know, he got, gave you a little something. Got a couple of these. He gave you some some fists, some you know what I mean? Some fists. He may throw a one hundred emoji in there. Who knows? But then, yeah, for, but some other people, you just got you just got a fist. You got a an okay emoji yeah. with a one hundred emoji next to it. Maybe a flame emoji next to that. <laughs> but these are men. Yeah. And I said that these are ways of people saying, hey, and and again, I don't I'm not discouraging that necessarily. Like, I'm not neglecting that. I understand what that is. We're getting into that. Yeah. But to me, it's a way of saying, hey, brother, I love and I support you. Thank you for this vulnerable moment. Right. That emotion was beautiful. Like they're saying the same thing that Katie would. But Katie feels she doesn't feel bad about relinquishing feelings. Mm -hmm. Towards things, right? But, but guys, fist bump, and and you know, just to further prove Earl's point, because I mean, we talked about this, but that entire week after uh, that pod aired, I was just like I always am, just in my head the entire time, just thinking like, oh my god, like I really just put myself out there like that, like I've never cried like that. And, you know, for people to, to, for a lot of people to see or listen, you know what I'm saying? I've obviously, I, I, I don't know if you can tell through this pod, I'm actually a very emotional person. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, you know, I, and you're right. I've only ever really, all the times I can ever remember crying in like the last, I don't know, five years, it's been with Antoinette. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For whatever, you know, whatever particular situation was going on at that moment. Like crying is normal to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like I, you know, I'm just some big ass crybaby that cries all the time about everything. But like, 
I'm not necessarily ashamed of the act of crying, but it was very different for me to come here and do that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even, and it, it, had, it didn't even have anything to do with you. Yeah. It just really, just, I guess, had everything to do with them. With them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, <laughs> I know some of the some of those people. I know some of those people, but yeah. some of those people I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just ultimately, I'm thinking what a lot of people generally think is. What are they going to think about it? Right. You know what I'm saying? How will they see me after that? Isn't that so that we, that we, because you're right. They don't know you. They don't. So, so who the fuck cares? I know. You know know. what I mean? Like that, like that's another way of looking at it. Like they don't know you. It took me a few days, but I, I came around to the realization. I'm about another Mikey said it. The fear is rational, but it's also unreal. Like, it's unrealistic. Like, relax. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause I really thought, like, I'm really thinking, like, when I, when I eventually came around those thoughts and I was like, dog, you're all right. I, I had to really ask myself, like, Keon, what did you think was going to happen? Somebody mm-hmm. was gonna go in the comments and call you a bitch ass nigga. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Somebody was going to roll, you know what I'm saying? Just hit you up one day. Like, oh, why are you, why are you crying like that? What you, what's up with you? Like, like what is but, that? But, but the, there's no way that I thought that is what was going to happen. But, but let's go down that road because if that, if that is a, a viable option, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe it is, maybe right now you're dealing with, you know, a very limited amount of listeners, mm-hmm. but maybe a year, two years, three years down the road that expands. Right. And you do have somebody that feels like trolling. Right. They just wants to say something or maybe they feel that way. Maybe they're trolling, whatever. And they're just like, oh, look at this nigga here. I also thought about Do that. some pushups. I thought about that, too. I thought about that. And I was like, if that were to ever happen. Once I've already wrapped my mind around the situation, it's not going to be easy for someone like that. Mm. Someone that I'll probably not have a high level of respect for to, to make me feel bad about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because what are the. Whatever they're going to say to me, I'm just going to answer it with, I love my son and I got emotional about it because I love my son and I want everything for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you, what are you going to say to that? You can't, you can't tell me shit. I would, I probably can't tell me shit. I would mostly, yo, 1985 by J. Cole. Get kicking game slash dissing Lil Pump was probably to me like one of the coolest disses of all time. When you selling that nigga who's gonna run out of money? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have you seen that nigga owes some people some money. I, I bet he does. Last time I saw him, he was just on stage with Trump trying to get hot. Yeah, nah, there's <laughs> like but there's but, some articles out. This nigga owes the IRS like a one point six million dollars. See? Out here just fucking around. <laughs> now you old news and you going through regrets because you never bought that house, but you got a Benz and a bunch of jewels and a bunch of shoes and a bunch of fake friends. I ain't judging you. I'm just telling you what's probably going to happen when you rapping about the type of shit you rapping about. It's a faster route to the bottom. I wish you good luck. Bro, like he was just kicking games. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I see you. I see you made enough to what do you say? You said something about I, I see you made enough 
to, to leave your mama house. I hope you make enough to buy your mama house. Like he was just, he was just kicking game to this dude. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I feel as though that's the type of person that I am and how I would react to any of these types of people. Like, Oh, look at this motherfucker right here. Blah, blah, blah. If when I have the discussion with myself and with other people, I think it through and I realize that whatever is being said is trolling or it's not well thought out because I it's not as though I won't take criticism. It, it, whether you know me or not, I'll, if, if it comes across right, if it enters my airspace, whatever your critique is of me, I'm going to I'll I'll listen to it. I'll think about it. It's not to say I'm just going to discard everything because that's ridiculous. Now you're like I told you before, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. Right. There could be something in what someone's saying. So sometimes it's, it's worth now. I don't think about, you know, trying to take in thousands and thousands of comments from people online. Like that. <laughs> I don't think that's healthy, but it is healthy to think about critiques on yourself. Criticisms. Now, if I get through that process and I realize that this person is just trolling or just trying to get a rise out of me for whatever reason, maybe to gain some followers to do whatever, or, or they're just trolling just because that's what they like to do or they're bored. They feel bad about their life, what they got going on. They don't have enough going on. I make them feel bad about what they're doing because I'm working for something. I'm I'm fighting for something. I'm being truthful. I'm casting a shadow on the way that they are conducting and orienting themselves in the world. If that is the case, my my response or they just have a, a very poor understanding of what I just said. They just interpreted it terribly. My response is more likely going to be something like, I love you and I wish you and your family well. <laughs> that's more that's probably what i'm gonna say I, back i'm gonna sum up everything that you just said with this statement misery loves company you do you do a lot of those one-liners you have a lot of those one-liners you think so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they're good though right they i mean last, they, they go with the material not always last nope. time last time you said <laughs> when i was talking about wings being chewy or or, or, or crispy mm -hmm. and the, or, or no drums versus flats. Mm -hmm. And then I said, toilet paper, taking it from the front or the back. And I said, it was apples and oranges. You said it was apples and oranges. That's not true. Apples and oranges. That phrasing is used for two entities that, that are seemingly unrelated. Uh, okay, right. Okay. Okay. It'd okay. Be, it would be more apt to say it's like a whole apple versus sliced apples. Okay. 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 I got you. I got you. I Every got once you. in a while, I just let it go. <laughs> Every once in a while, I just let it go. But, but yeah. So the whole point is we do have to find, you know, we do have to find our self-esteem. We do have to to try to build each other up. We do mm -hmm. have to find some solace. Like that's, I think, what a lot of this road is: is to try to just find some solace in, uh, in ourselves. And how do you? Before I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say because I might not say it. How do you feel about giving? I'm just going to say this flat out and then and then we can break it down however you like to. All right. About giving advice. 
That's all I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get any more specific until you throw some words out. And say um, I just think it depends on what I'm giving advice on. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, give advice on something that I don't know much about. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but well, um, that's, that's very good. <laughs> but as far as if it's a topic that I'm well versed in. I don't, I'm, I'm okay with giving advice. Um, I think that I'm probably, I'm, I don't think I'm some, you know, advice engineer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm, you know, I'm probably average on giving advice. I think I, I give decent advice. Mm. Um, but it's, it's not, it's something I'm open to doing. I can, I, I don't mind giving people advice. If they truly want to hear what I think about something or they want me to critique them or, or just give them advice, like I can do that. Okay. So you said something at the end that and 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 by the way, I've been going through this with a friend. This is going to help people. Another communicational pro tip for people. Wait till people are done talking as best you can, because some people get frustrated to be angry to become people off. It's hard sometimes. It, you just That's have to. Rem- <laughs> it's hard sometimes. <laughs> Remember in class when the teacher would say, wait till the end before you raise your hand and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Because there's a very good chance that if you allow me to finish, your question's going to be answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's life. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to shut the fuck up and let people talk. Mm-hmm. And then your question will be answered. So you don't always have to cut people off. Pro tip, communications. Just think about it. Yeah, maybe you do it. Maybe you don't. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Either way. You just said something towards the end. Which took this to the next step. Okay. You said, if people ask me, that's a whole, that's a, that's a very big point of this, of this conversation, of the reason I asked you. Okay. How do you feel about unsolicited advice? How often do you give advice when it is not asked of you? Um... Do you just say, hey, you know what? You know what I think you should do? You know what? I've, I've seen this work. I think you should do it this way. I... I can't really say for certain whether I do that a lot or not. You don't really pay attention to, yeah, like not really, um, because I tend to stay out of people's business. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not really somebody that just forces my way into your shit. Yeah, it just starts. <laughs> hey, you should. Hey, what? What is no, that? No, like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, please continue to talk about forcing your way into people's shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I I tend to just be I tend to like mind my business. Like yeah. I'm outside of this podcast, I'm really low key. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't think that I do that a lot, but I really couldn't reach back into my past. Mm-hmm. You know, 30, at least not in this moment. Not right? in this very yeah, moment. You're like, no. go go all the way in your past right now. Figure it all out right now, Kia. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think that I do that because I what I do know is that I really I don't involve myself in people's business just voluntarily. So so my friend was at the gym the other day. They they, they hit me up. They're like, man, I love I love the gym. I was in here and I was on a machine and some people came up and they showed me what I was doing wrong. Now. In the gym, Blaze can attest to this. Jess can attest to this. These people just getting mad shout outs if you come on this podcast. You're going to get shout outs forever. (laughs) So because you don't want someone to hurt themselves. I've seen people in the gym before where I'm like, 
not only are they going to hurt themselves, but they might hurt themselves in the next minute. Damn. Not like if they continue to do this for weeks and months. I'm talking about if I t- when I turn my back and, and sound like an emergency and, 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 and walk away, there's a good chance I'm going to hear. Like, <laughs> like I've seen some wild stuff in the gym. So so here's so here's here's my thinking. Because they sent they, they told me that some people came and helped them out, made sure that they didn't get hurt. And then freed them up to do the exercise the way it was supposed to be done. They felt way better about it. They're getting the full range of motion now. Their muscles are working the way it's supposed to. Great time at the gym. My mind, the way it works, first thing I think is, hmm, advice. Let me take you down, 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 down Earl's, Earl's train of thought. People are in the gym. There's someone that's about to hurt themselves either in that moment or if they continue to do this for too long, they build, if they build this habit, mm-hmm. then they do this for too long, they hurt themselves, they strain their back, now they, they, they whatever. And it is acceptable to intervene and stop them and fix what they have going on because that is going to be a physical pain that they're about to go through excruciating physical pain. And I thought about the fact that I don't give advice. I don't give it. I I, see. I see. Go ahead. I think that if I were to ever be that person that sees someone is about to hurt themselves and feels as if they want to say something, I, do you think it helps the situation? If you approach that person and say, Hey, do you mind if I give you some advice? That's what those people said to her. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, they didn't just be like, yeah, so get about the way. No, absolutely not. She said, I love the gym for this. Okay. Like, okay. I'm so glad that they came. But this particular person is the type of person that is always looking to better themselves. Okay. Everyone's not that person. Right. At this type of person, like me, is like, yo, if, if I'm doing something incorrect in or out the gym, let me know. Because I love getting better. <laughs> Not everyone does. Not mm-hmm. everyone wants to hear about their downfalls or their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Mm-hmm. I love to learn and get better at things. Mm-hmm. I love to tweak myself and find myself being just that much better of a version of myself than I was the day prior. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't give advice. People talk to me all the time. I ask questions back that may stir emotions and excite and provoke thoughts within themselves that may or may not get them closer to a realization. But my understanding is that people do not take advice. Like they don't take it well or they don't use it. They do not use it. Okay. They, when, when you're talking to them about things in life, so usually out of the gym, when it's not a physical thing that they have to do, they don't listen. If it's advice about, you know, getting over some sort of heartbreak or, you know, obstacle in life and you feel like you have some answers there, you feel like you have a better set of patterns that will push you further and past that thing than they are particularly using at that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't think that people usually just take that and run with it and, and really, you know, enforce it. 
I, I don't see that. I've seen people get advice all the time on things they should or should not do. And it doesn't, it doesn't go down like that. Mm-hmm. I think in order for people to truly utilize a, a new thought pattern, it has to be formulated intrinsically. Okay. And I think that the only way for that to happen is it, there has to be a click in their mind. Now that can happen through words. I've read quotes. I've read books. I've seen people speak and my mind has changed on things, Mm -hmm. but you have to be open to that information. A lot of times I don't think that people are truly open to the information. They're just looking at you, nodding their head up and down. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't usually give advice. Uh Uh-huh. And a lot of the times I've been a little too extreme because a lot of times people will ask me for advice and I still won't give it because I don't think that they actually care about what it is that I'm about to say. And, I, and, and, and when, and when they ask you for your advice and you feel that way, like you don't want to give it to them, what do you say? I usually still steer it. I do this all the time in conversation. People ask me things about myself. Tell me about the podcast. How is the podcast? How's life? How's this? This is what I usually do. I steer them away. I divert, right? And I I find a way to sort of like judo flip the question and ask them about what's going on with them. And they usually go off. And they start talking about them and what they got going on sort of stuff. My podcast? How's your podcast? And it, and it, and it never finds its way back around to them asking me about what they initially asked me about, which to me says you never really cared in the first place. They didn't really care in the first place. So, so usually I'll do that move once. Sometimes I'll do it twice. And if the person asks me a third time, I'm like, Oh, they actually, they really care. Like they're really trying to figure this out. You don't want to answer my question. Do you? Yeah. If somebody, if someone says, I'm like, okay, all right. Well now, now that you're really aware that you were asking me a question and I've avoided it once or twice, <laughs> I'm going to answer it now. Cause now I think that you actually feel like answers. Cause I don't feel like wasting my time. Right. You know what I mean? This goes back to the, again, not feeling as though people actually care about what's going on in front of them at the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm victim to it too. I'm not. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say that. I was like, all right. So I guess we, we just all doing this shit, huh? Yeah. To certain degrees and certain set of circumstances, yeah. again, everything yeah. to me is circumstantial. So it, you know, it, it, it just, it depends on if the person in front of you is showing you whether they care or not. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the whole point. So we're all doing it to some degree. And it's not, it's not ridiculous that people do it because you will expend a lot of energy and a, a lot of emotional energy for no reason. Right. Because if no, because if the person is just you're just talking to a wall, and no one's listening to you, I mean, maybe that helps some people. I don't really care to do that. I don't need to just have a face to look at <laughs> while I just spew words. Like that's not really what I'm in the game for. I got you. So yeah, no, that's not not happening. Anyway, so I'm thinking about this advice that a friend got, and I think okay, it's acceptable now. So what's about, what's about to happen in my brain is. I'm now about to start compartmentalizing the moments in which is acceptable and justified to give advice and when it is not. But it's it gets so muddled together and so murky 
that it starts to really not make sense. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to walk up to someone if you feel like they're about to physically hurt themselves in the moment. Hey, I don't. I, do you do you care if I give you some advice? Because I don't. I don't really think this is this is the way to go. But if someone, if you think someone's about to go through or they are going through mental turmoil and you want to give them advice without them asking, that may not be as acceptable. Mm-hmm. But, Why though? But yet, well, I, I, let's, let's, let's figure this out. So, so say we're talking about someone that may be, First, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it physical. Someone's in the gym. They're about to hurt themselves. You stop it. Someone's not in the gym, but you love them dearly. And you think that this is going to cause a, a problem here that you think that they are obese, out of shape and that, you know, that they are going to deal with health complications. Either they're dealing with them now. Or they're going to deal with them in the future because they don't want to exercise. Mm-hmm. And some people would have a problem with you feeling as though you should voice that to that person. Okay. Because they just call it body shaming. Uh-huh. But I'm not allowed to do that, even though that's going to cause physical pain, right? Same way that there's going to be immediate physical pain in the gym. Mm-hmm. There's going to be physical pain for this person that you care for, but I'm not allowed. It's not quite as acceptable as this other version of giving advice that I'm that I just got done talking about. All right. All right. I got you. Okay. So so acceptable there. Maybe acceptable to some people in this in the in that one, but not as much when you're telling someone, hey, you might want to lose some pounds because science tells us that this is going to happen to you. Or you're more likely to be found with XYZ in the future, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mental health. Trying to give advice on what someone is going with some turmoil that someone is going through, through a relationship they in. And, you you know, how this is just the age old. You still with this person? You just going to be with them, huh? They just going they just going to cheat on you or abuse you or whatever the fuck they want. And you just going to be there, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, this is advice that we know people do not take as far as leaving someone that they ought to leave. We all know someone or have been that person Mm -hmm. that has just stuck around a little too long. Right. We've all been that person. Right. I mean, when I was that person. I've been that person. Yeah. We've all been that person to some degree. Mm hmm. How is that advice giving? How is that being accepted? Trying to tell people how they should maneuver through their intimate relationships. Kind of acceptable to some people, kind of not. What do you know? You're on the outside looking in. You don't understand what it's like on the inside. You don't know. You're not one of us. Maybe it's not even for you to understand because this is between me and this other person. Okay. That's a conventional response back to someone trying to give advice, trying to help someone mm-hmm. in a terrible, shitty ass relationship. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it's like. You, you, you don't understand what's going on here. You're from the outside looking in. Get, get out. <laughs> <laughs> that mental turmoil, by the way, I'm not going to act like mental turmoil isn't 
can't be just as bad or worse than physical turmoil. Mm-hmm. But to reference Terrence Reel's book, I don't want to talk about it. He just spoke about men holding in all this emotion and dying quicker than women through history, throughout history, because that mental strain eats you. It is corrosive from the inside out. It deteriorates your soul and your body, your mind. Mm -hmm. That is real science. I get it. I get it. So, so, you know, I'm trying to find a better balance with advice. You know, again, if people, it it certainly won't be unsolicited for me. It certainly won't be unsolicited. Um, But maybe I ought to try what, what you say and do you mind? Yeah. Do you, if you truly care about the person, do you mind? Blaze said to give her another shout out. She's trying to break people's mental shackles in the gym. They come in there and they ask for whatever. I want a six pack. I want to be able to do a triathlon. I want it, whatever it is that they come in there for. She helps them break the mental shackles of what they can and cannot do. Cause she sees people's potential, right? She has the eye for that. So she breaks those shackles. They go off and now they they are just a, a superhuman version of themselves. They thought that they could have never achieved the things that they achieved when she's done with them. Right. So. When it comes to releasing. When it. Tears, emotions, becoming more vulnerable, you trying to. You know, step by step, you Keon trying step by step, trying to ameliorate this anxiety that you deal with. And be able to put yourself out there and feel comfortable in your own skin, no matter if someone's going to say something nice or say something bad about it, because you want to know the real the the realism, the truism here is. If you if you champion the great things that people say about you, then those terrible things are going to hit you Mm -hmm. just as hard or even harder Mm -hmm. than the good things that people say. So you ought to really just be taking the things that people say as the things that people say. They're going to be their own understandings of them based on that individual, that specific individual's background and their basic level of understanding for things. But you just have to take it as that information and you do with it what you will. But to champion. Are you giving me advice right now? When it comes to your father, Mm -hmm. may I say something to you right now? (laughs) Yes, Earl. Yes. I, I know that you've, you've gotten advice already about this. I think that for you, just like you, you know, finding a better space within yourself and, you know, more comfortability within yourself. I know that I, and as you know, have dealt and the listeners, if you've listened long enough, have have had issues with my biological mother in the past. Mm -hmm. It clicked, though. I've talked to you about this many, many pods ago. It clicked. 
I, 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 I've been, it was, I think it was, it was through quarantine. I've been doing a lot of meditation, having a lot of really transformative conversations with a very dear friend of mine. Now I read a book at the end of the book, I closed it. And I just, I felt as though my brain had changed. I just, I had absorbed something. It was, it was an epiphany. That's when I looked up the word epiphany mm-hmm. because we all use it. But you know, to me, I have to really know what something means. And then, and then my astonishment when I figured out epiphany is just this, this wave of realization that comes from doing something that you routinely do. It doesn't have to just be something new that shows you something. It's something you could have routinely done in life. Right. But then the 7,362nd time you did it for some reason, that in alignment with everything else that has been a factor in your life gave you a new perspective on things. And when I shut that book for whatever factors and for whatever gems that I read and I absorbed from that book, along with all the other X factors in life that came together and the constellations came together and the prophecy was revealed, whatever the fuck took place. Mm -hmm. I closed that book and I realized that I had to start looking at the world from other people's perspectives a lot more. Right. I I just had to. And I think it was because I was reading a very beautifully written book and it was in my favorite point of view, third person omniscient, which forces you to look at things from everyone's perspective. So and I read a few books like that in a row. And so there was never again just a villain. Okay, there was never a villain anymore because you got the quote unquote, villain's perspective. Mm -hmm. And as you watch Infinity War and you think Thanos is just this evil motherfucker and then they get into his backstory, you're like, oh, he's doing what he thinks is best. Right. He came from nothing. Yep. Thanos was on a planet somewhere. It was nothing but famine. Because there was just too many people there and not enough resources. Right. And so he's going around and he's not slaying people. He just wants to snap his fingers and just wipe out half. There's not going to be any pain. I just want in. This is going to be what's best for you all in the future. You just don't see my vision. Right. And it's, it's that beautiful storytelling that shows you. That there aren't just villains out here. There aren't just scum out here that just came out that were just wrought from pure evil. <laughs> that's that's not the reality right. that we're living. And I closed that book, and sure enough, like within the next 15 minutes, my mom calls me. Haven't wow. hadn't spoken to her in months. Wow. Months and months, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And my mom calls me. And with this in my fucking head is exploding at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I answered the phone. And in that moment, I, I, I was thinking. You don't think it would be called cruel and unusual punishment because, you know, I mean, I'm a visual person. So I'm thinking about a younger version of my mother in the court and the judge sitting up there and everybody, you know, just just waiting for the verdict to come out. And it's like, 
you, you know, you've been charged, you know, guilty, you know, on account of, you know, neglect to your children, Mm -hmm. neglect to your husband, you know, drug usage, these things. Mm -hmm. And that judge hits that gavel and says, you have been sentenced to a life of neglect and hatred from everyone that you love for life. That's heavy. Do you think that that is, is, is a just sentence? I'm like, okay, hey, hey, hey. Like, all right, she made some mistakes. She's a human. Right. She made some mistakes. She got wrapped up in some stuff. Her mental health wasn't right. It could have been postpartum depression. There, was, there are things that we're not looking into, but they were dealing with some things. They made mistakes, but you're going to say you're going to give them life of no love or affection from from the from all the people that they birthed, that they gave birth to and tried to take care of as best that they knew how to. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You're not going to give them a chance to try to like grow or rehabilitate or nothing. Just life. Whoa. That's heavy. That's I'm I'm. I remember you telling me about that, like in this in this particular way. But it's different with the headphones on. <laughs> it's different when I'm in your ear. <laughs> but that is that is cruel and unusual punishment. Um, there's there's no way around that. And and like you said, you gotta self awareness. You have to have the self awareness to 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 really look at yourself. Take in as much information as you can and just just take the time. Like 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 I said last week, it took me a, a, a while to really navigate those feelings. But you got to be aware of yourself before you start looking outside and in and, and trying to, you know, just recoup all these other relationships. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's God. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's I'm, really hard. I'm certain it was because, again, for me, it took some epiphany mm-hmm. to really bring that on. So it's not. So it's not. This is not me telling you, "Hey, man, you need to get over this." Shit. That, that's not. Yeah. That is not what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but just know that that sentiment is available. You, you, you. Hopefully, at some point, you will be able to truly get down to the idea and the understanding that this is as much as yes, he is a father Mm -hmm. and we like to look up because we have this, you know, even as just celebrity fetish that we have, we like to look up to other people as though they are something else. Like, Oh my God, like he can dunk a ball they can rap really well. Like they can, oh my God, like they must be all oh, like they're godly. They're just another person. They just worked hard. They have some talents, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He is a father. I've had a father and I didn't always fuck with him. He's a great guy, but mm-hmm. I didn't always, I ran around scared of him for a long time because mm-hmm. he just had a temper that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. He would, he would just flip. He didn't like a lot of shit that I did either. So I was on the wrong end of that temper a lot of the times. Right. So it would be legit. He would walk in the house and I'm just trying to get to my room. Whether, regardless of whether I did something wrong or not, 
I'm just trying to be away from my father. For many years growing up, I just didn't want to see him. Right. Because I just felt like I didn't know what might happen. There would be times, it, w- it was so crazy where he would just say, like he was, he would call me or call us, my brother and I, and just his tone of voice didn't sound welcoming. Yeah. And I'm scared as fuck. Earl, Julie, hey, get up, come on, come upstairs. And he come upstairs and be like, hey, I got some food for you. <laughs> like, yo, hey, my nigga, you got to work on this delivery. Bro. You got to work on this delivery. Like, you got us scared. Right. Like, what is going on? Right. These, these people that we are looking up to, to be there. And again, there is truth the fact that there's truth to the fact that they are supposed to be aspiring to be the best versions of themselves, the most noble versions. So we have something to look to the, the way you're trying to do for Jacor, and you say you're just trying to do your best. I don't truly believe that people don't think that they are trying to do their best. Right. It's just sometimes they best not good enough. Right. And Everybody's so, best isn't the same thing. So these people are just people. And, you know, we don't know what they have gone through that made them that person. You might be upset with him for whatever reasons that you have. But what you might really be upset about is the bully that used to beat him up back in the day mm. or the way that his grandpa used to whoop his ass or his dad used to scream at him or whatever caused him to have those voids, those holes in his heart and soul that made him run to the drugs and start using those. Mm-hmm. You may be upset at those, but you don't know the story. Right. You haven't, if you were to watch a movie and they had a story, by the end, you might they might be able to humanize them and you'd be like, oh, damn, I see why he did that. Right. But you don't have that story, so you just working off of, well, nah, he was supposed to be there and be this person. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. Now, on that on that fact, since you talked about your job for a second, it's been a very long time since I had a customer service store. All right. <laughs> I've worked in this business for so long, the food and beverage slash customer service industry for so long, I keep fooling myself into thinking I've seen it or heard it all. I don't know why I keep fooling myself into thinking that. But people are creative. They are. There was this lady that came in with her husband and I she like split an omelet with this guy. It's a weird request, but they split an omelet. And I guess a lot of shit happened. She wasn't impressed with that or nothing that happened that day before. They come in the next day. Mm-hmm. They let me know what it is. I got the table. I'm going over there. I'm like, would you like to be because they, they told me to ask this question because we're supposed to be preemptive with our accommodations. Would you like to be splitting the omelet today? I'm like, no, 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 no. I hated it yesterday. So and hate too. I hated it yesterday. So we're actually just going to stay. We're going to stay away from that. Um, Let's see here. Let's see. Um, Damn, it's you got to Oh, you have a you have a biscuit sandwich here. Uh, I don't know. I've had your biscuits before and they're just too doughy. All right, that's fine, ma'am. We have a multigrain toast. We have a rye toast. Well, no, I definitely won't be having your multigrain toast because your multigrain tastes like rye. So I'm not going to be having that. Absolutely, ma'am. How would you like for us to prepare this for you? 
you know what? I'll have it as is, and I'll just complain afterwards. That's what she said. That's what she said to me. She looked me in my eyes. Her husband sitting there. He's just kind of chuckling. He's with it because you know he don't want no problems. He's just going. He's just going to back her up. She said, "I'll just take it as is, and I'll complain afterwards." And I said, "Absolutely, ma'am." <laughs> and I walk away. I come back, you know, pouring coffees, whatever. She says, so what? Do they just have like our pictures, like our wanted poster up in the back and just says, watch out for these people? Because clearly, remember, I came to her and said, so because I already had that information that they may be splitting the omelet. Now, we do keep tabs on on the guests so that we can further so we can best accommodate them in the future. That's that's just something we do. So when they come hand you what's called a chit, a little piece of paper with your table number, the, the the last name of the people, there's also sometimes a bit of information on them that we've accrued through their stay. I hate that. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go for it. I absolutely hate when people are dicks uh-huh. and then they rub the fact that they're dicks in your face. So they're rubbing <laughs> their dicks in your face. Yeah, because she definitely did seem proud of yeah. it to a degree oh do we have a wanted poster in the back like i know that we're so i know that we're really annoying but how annoying are we so to that i say because i'm eloquent no absolutely not man but we do like to keep tabs on our guests so that we can best accommodate in the future which is an eloquent way of saying yes <laughs> there's a wanted picture of you in the back because you a fucking bitch yeah yes exactly so they chuckle at that And then I leave. Now, keep in mind, this biscuit sandwich is a house-made biscuit sandwich. It has chicken sausage on it. Beautiful, savory chicken sausage. Juicy. Earl, stop it. Go for it. You don't have to tell me shit. I've had the food. You're so stupid. It's delicious. Oh, no, but this is... And yes, you have. It's delicious. And yes, you have. This is important, though. Okay. (laughs) With bacon, cheese... There's what we have a we have what's called a ladyboy sauce. It's it's a house made hot sauce that is sweet and spicy, right? Okay. It's layered on top of that other half of the biscuit. Then there are roasted potatoes. Sounds okay? like a sandwich. Roasted and fried, actually, potatoes. So- sounds immaculate. All of this is on the menu that she looked at when she ordered it. <laughs> I bring that plate out, Keon. When I tell you, funny, hold on. <laughs> I set this plate in front of her. And she, as soon as I set the plate down, she was like, oh, you know what's interesting? <laughs> That's how you already know the voice is coming. She's like, you want to know what's really interesting? Is that we live in this world. Uh, what? I don't. <laughs> you don't even Look, like the way she's talking? Look, come on, man. Like. Do you came here to eat or give me the gospel? Like, what did you do? <laughs> like, come on, dog. <laughs> we live in this world where, you know, everyone's talking about things being plant-based and being healthy and vegan and vegetarian and all this sort of health-conscious stuff. But you know what's interesting is you just set this plate down in front of me and there's not there's nothing green on it. There's no vegetables. There's, there's nothing green on this plate. I do a biscuit sandwich. I see the sausage. I see the bacon. I see the cheese and, and there's potatoes. I'm looking in here. There's no lettuce. There's no arugula, no spinach. Like what is, there's nothing green here. Don't you find that interesting? I went out for dinner last night with my husband. Didn't we, honey? Did, did, honey, honey, 
didn't we? We went out somewhere and, you know, I ordered food there and there was nothing, nothing green on the plate there either. I guess people just think that like onions are vegetables these days, huh? Like the, the like onions are your vegetable side. Very interesting, right, Earl? I said, would you like some some seared asparagus or anything on side? No, 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 no. I just want to have it. I'm just going to have it as it is. I just thought it would be interesting to, to share that with you. But I'll complain afterwards. Now, <laughs> the reason I kind of wanted to bring this up is because after that very last <sighs> complaint of sorts, she started asking me where I was from, how long I had worked there, and we had a lovely conversation afterwards. And I've gotten to know the layers of people because I have to talk to people all of the time. Mm -hmm. This type of person doesn't really know that they're rude. She doesn't really truly know how they are perceived. Even with that little sly comment of, do we have a wanted poster in the back? That was mostly just because I came with the information right. about them splitting an omelet from the jump. But I don't really think that they're privy to how people view them, how they come off, how their comments come off to people. Because they were, in their heart of hearts, I found lovely people. Mm -hmm. Through having conversation with them after that, it was just, it was nothing but cheerfulness and genuine curiosity about what I got going on and if I enjoy the drive and if I enjoy how beautiful the, the land is there and all sorts of stuff like that. And it made me think back to the people years ago there that upon asking me about all the different beautiful hiking spots that they could bring their children to in the area, they asked me where my favorite plantation was. Right. <laughs> Just bad choice of words, right. but these were very sweet people. And I find that to be the case a lot of the time is that, again, these people are not just manufactured from pure malevolence. Right. There, there are layers to this. There, there are layers to Thanos. There are layers to, layers to your dad, to my mom, to my dad, to everyone. In that we can't just to split things to good or bad, evil or just. Right. It's just not that simple. Right. So after that, we had a fantastic conversation and, you know, they went on about their way and then said some other like backhanded compliments to some people on the way out because they didn't know how they sounded, which is they walked past the hostess and the hostess was there the day prior when all that shit went down. And. You know, on their way out, they were just like, oh, my gosh, you are doing so much better today. Good job. And like walked off. But it's like, that's a like you just played me. <laughs> yeah. You're doing so like nobody asked you that. You're right. doing so much better today, which is lets them know that, what they thought of your job yesterday. Right. Right. <laughs> so, again, they're just people are just saying things. And the more and more conscious of a person I become, it saves me so much suffering I don't have to deal with so much undue suffering in this world because I just understand through true engagement and, and active listening and, and acute observation of people, people just be saying words. They don't know what they talking about. And that's just kind of the way that the world goes. People don't question a lot of things that people say. 
and they just kind of let it go. Like until this moment, I bet you didn't know that you, Keon Harris, say acts instead of ask. Nah. Yeah, you didn't know that. Right. So we just let people do things and say things and we never question these things. I've just been having conversation with someone the other day. They said, hey, do you mind going over here and doing this thing? I said, no, absolutely not. They're just like, all right, fine. Fuck it. Like, you don't have to. I was like, oh, you don't understand what that phrase means. You think that asking if someone minds to do something is tantamount to will you do this? Yeah, that's not how that works. It's not how it works. So when I said no, they thought that I was saying, I don't want to do what you're doing or you're what you're asking. And so it's it's these small things in communications, these words that people use that they don't quite know what they mean or you're not really listening to someone. Words are dropping through, which means symbolism and meaning is dropping through. You're taking in what you want to hear. You're interpreting it however you feel like. It's a, a lot of different things are going on that are just leaving us in limbo and just having us say, fuck these people. Mm-hmm. But I, I've gotten a lot better with seeing the layers in people and, and understanding that it's not, I, you just can't take things so personal. This is me projecting a lot, mm-hmm. clearly. You can't take things so personal Mm -hmm. i've had a lot of issues with you i've talked to you about them on the podcast a long time ago when i would go off on these types of rants Mm -hmm. and you would nod your head a lot and you know you you would you would say something at the end of it that is clearly indicative of you not understanding what i just said Afterwards, you tell me sometimes you don't understand what I'm saying, but you also wouldn't ask the questions, the necessary questions to get to a firm understanding of what I am talking about. Now, I'm upset because I'm thinking not only do you not know what I'm talking about, but there could be people on the same playing field as you that also don't understand what I'm talking about, that are listening to my voice through the recording right now. And they could have got a better understanding had you asked the question. So mostly what I do now is I look deeply into your eyes and people's eyes. And if I'm not necessarily getting the facial expressions that I think ought to be a result to the things that I'm saying, I just keep explaining myself. See, now I'm about to be over here, like trying to make sure my face is is is, is, is I just is in I the just, right place. I just keep finding ways to remix it until until I get the reaction that I'm kind of looking for, meaning. It clicked. Okay. And then I move on to the next thing. Okay. Okay. But that's what I had with my customer service story and how that clearly melds into everything else that we've talked about today. That is what I have on that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw one at you as well. Um, just because the person that you just described reminds me of someone that I deal with almost on a daily basis, um, at my place of work that you guys know now. (laughs) Uh, uh, i didn't talk about the whole the lady in the unit saying she was doing the laundry i don't think i spoke about that on here no okay no yeah her um yeah i i'm gonna try to make this as short and sweet as possible because i've had a lot of instances where i've run into this woman but um no there's a woman that uh is a renter at my facility um and she's always you know, wants to transfer her units, wants to go to this part of the building, that part of the building. I've been working here like four months. This woman has moved probably like four or five times. And 
Does that cost money? Is there a fee for that? Yeah, it's ten dollars. I mean, it's not. I mean, yeah. I guess she got it. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. Um, but the reason why I'm telling this story is because this woman is the most paranoid person that I've ever met in my life, mm. and I really try to give her the benefit of the doubt because I am able to realize that, and it really makes me think. What is what has she been through yeah. in her life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is up with her? Why is she this way? Why does she think everyone's out to get her? Mm. She transferred units one time because she told me that she leaves like she has one of like a a, a lock where with the numbers on it, you know, the, like the little dial numbers. Mm. Um, and she was like, you know, she leaves her lock on a certain set of numbers, and she came back one time and she said that. It wasn't on that set of numbers. Wow. So clearly someone tried to break into her unit. Mm. That was the case. It couldn't be anything else. Okay. And she needed to move from that unit immediately. And I'm just looking at her like, I mean, I guess I, I get what you're saying. You put it on a certain number. It wasn't like that. But in my head, I'm also thinking clearly this woman has some mental issues. There's something going on with this woman. Um. I don't even know if she, she, for all I know, she might not remember what number she put it on last time when she left. And it could, you know what I'm saying? She might've came back or just on in a different space in her mind and possibly was not familiar with that number mm-hmm. at that very moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran up on her one time. I came to work one time and like, we've got sliding glass doors, but you know, with most sliding glass doors, if you, you can push them inward mm-hmm. to like open them for emergencies, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I showed up one day. I saw that the door was pushed inward. It, it's not on the track like it's supposed to be. I go check out the cameras. Who is it? Her. Just before I got there, I get to work around 9, 9.15. I catch her on the camera, 8.30, pushing the door open. And it's like, okay, why are you doing that? Because you because you have, you have a code to get in the building. Why don't you just use your code? She clearly doesn't know. She doesn't want us to know that she's there. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because I'm the devil, I I've never done anything to this woman. This woman is paranoid out of her mind, out of her mind. So of course I go around to that side of the building. Of course she's in her unit with the door closed. That's not allowed. As you you guys you guys have heard me talk on here before, how that is not allowed. We don't know what you're doing. And again, these are within the hours where it's okay to be in. Like she's not. Yes. She's allowed to be in the building. Yeah, that is. But she just, she'd be wanting to close herself. She, I don't know. She thinks somebody out to get her. I don't know what's going. I don't know who she's running from. Right. I I don't know. Right. That's why I really try to be sensitive Mm -hmm. to these types of things when it comes to her. You know what I'm saying? This lady might blow up and, and just go nuts. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't want to be the cause of any sort of mental breakdown for her. Nor, nor do you want to be on the receiving end, or that, or that. <laughs> yeah. I go up to the unit, I knock, and she doesn't say anything. So I'm thinking, like, okay, I'm like, hey, it's just me. It's just, it's Keon. It's just me. Because I'm thinking she doesn't want me to know that she's in here. Yeah. And. What reassured that is the first thing she says when I tell her that it's me, she's like, oh, I didn't know you were working today. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you know that? Why? And and come to find out, she said something to one of my other, uh, one of my colleagues that works with me. She was like, um, we're, I'm going to edit her name. Her name is going to be 
uh, Muriel. We're going to call her Muriel. Okay. She's like, oh, I, um, she calls and she's like, oh, is, is Muriel there? And, you know, I'm like, no, she's not here. And she, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not me. Another person answered the phone. Sorry. Uh, that person's like, no, she's not here. And she's like, oh, I, I saw her car earlier. I, 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 I know she, I like, she, she has to be there. I saw her car and I'm just like, why are you tracking our vehicles? Like, what is, what are you doing? Like, what is going? Why do, do you like this? Do you know if her and Muriel have any sort of connect? Like, if they've had any sort of conversation that would make her feel comfortable with her? I think Muriel is just the only person that she hasn't deemed a threat to her existence yet. Mm. Muriel doesn't really give a shit about this person. She just does her job. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Muriel doesn't want to be involved in the madness at all. Right. But she don't fuck with me no more because I told her she can't be in there with the door closed no more. And to continue that story real quick, when I was telling her that she's like, oh, there's just there's so many people just moving by all the time. Like, I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to to know that I'm here. And I'm like, I don't have nothing to do with that. I have nothing to do with that. And then she starts talking about, I, you know, I'm just in here like doing my laundry. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's no water running over here for you to be washing any clothes. There's no hot air in here for you to be drying your clothes. And if you're in here folding your clothes, why is this the place that you need to come do that? Like, and is there a, yeah, was there a light? No. So yeah, so folding clothes. I mean, we only, I, I mean, you can do it. We yeah. only have clothes. We only have lights in our really large units. For you know, what I'm saying, yeah. like ones that you ha- you can walk into right, right, and right, walk right, right. like twenty feet in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was in like a ten by ten. Yeah, doesn't need a light. Hmm. So she's in there in the dark. She's in there in the dark. Right. And I'm honestly, doing laundry. Doing laundry, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> And, and and she 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 keeps every time I talk to her, she's always talking about how she just needs some peace and quiet. And it further makes mm. me think, like, where is she coming from where Ugh. she feels like like she's not getting peace and quiet? Maybe a homeless shelter. I don't know. But a storage facility is not somewhere you come to get no peace and quiet. People are moving in and out of the building all throughout the day, moving their things, possibly um, running a slight business. They use it as a warehouse, keep keep their warehouse stuff in there. You know what I'm saying? There's many people that rent units there that own businesses. They keep, you know, they're going in there. They're doing inventories. They're taking phone calls. You're never going to get that here. I don't stop. You got to stop treating it like that. This is not that kind of place. Yeah, these are very choice words. You know, having yeah. the door closed, security. All, yeah, all all of the all of these things. Keeping you know, keeping tabs on who's there, who's not going to be there. Right. These are these are all very choice things. And you know, I brought up J Cole twice now. I think on this episode, but I was I was watching an interview of his, which is the one I was just talking about, and he talked about a friend of his that grew up stepmother came into the house, right? So there's a new woman. It, before that, it was just him and his pops and he felt comfortable. It was his house. He was walking around enjoying himself the way that he knew. Mm-hmm. And then this stepmother, this is just, it seems like a trivial thing, but when you think about 
it's funny things that people think are trivial because they seem small, but is it trivial if this small thing is something that you do every day of your life, which really amounts to a lot of time that you're going to be spending in your life, such as going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. This guy used to go to the bathroom as a young kid and we would come out. The stepmother would say, you peeing too loud. Like I can what? hear, like I can hear that stream of piss hitting that, and I don't like. I don't like that. That's that's indecent. I don't like that. How is somebody supposed to quiet that? Well, that's a good question. You have to ask yourself now. But but think about as a child now. You're walking in, and this is one of many things I'm certain. But now you're walking in there, and you just trying to maybe like squat down while you take right. a piss to just to. Close the distance between your penis and the water. That's traumatic. So that it doesn't exactly. That's so traumatic. Exactly. So you, so that happens for however long this person's a part of your life and you're a child. And you just have to go through all these things that shut you down and and pigeonhole you and just have you curl up into a a fetal position, Uh figuratively speaking. And. I'm thinking about this woman that is saying all these things and you're right. You have to be sensitive to these things because she she has gone through and probably is going through some wild shit. Yeah. Insecurity is paramount. We don't, I don't know how many conversations we've had about it here, but it's something that I've been thinking a lot about recently in life is the sense of security. It can be the lock on that door and that you feel like can nobody at any point in time just walk in and just do whatever they feel like. That's a sense of security. Having an alarm on your car, you feel a little bit more secure. People just, even if they can break in, they're going to feel, you know, they're going to freak out and run away. If an alarm goes off, that gives you a sense of security. Relationships. Sense of security in relationships, paramount. That's why I asked you if she had had, if that woman had had conversations with, what you call Muriel? Muriel. To to the point where she just, she likes her to be around for whatever set of reasons. Muriel tries to avoid this. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) Yeah, I I could, I could, I understand. Look, I understand. Look, look. She came in a couple nights ago trying to transfer units again. And she came, so she knocks on the door. Um, because we keep the office door locked sometimes. A lot of crazy motherfuckers out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she knocks on the door. I open it. Muriel's in the back on a personal phone call in the break room. I open it. She's like, Hello, Keon. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and she's like, Is Muriel here? And I'm like, yeah, I think she's on the phone though. And she was like, oh, I can wait. Oh, yeah. Like, she don't want to yeah. fuck with me yeah. at all. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, she comes in there, Mario gets off the phone, and you know, they're they're talking. She was like, Yeah, I just got off the phone with customer service, and you know, they said I can do this, that, and the other. They told me to talk to Mar- uh Muriel. <laughs> They told me, <laughs> almost threw that name. Yeah, right I was there. about to say. See, ain't nobody choose. <laughs> ain't nobody tell you to choose a name that starts with an M. <laughs> ain't nobody tell you to do that. So look, 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 look. look. Um, she's like, uh, she's like, yeah. They told me to talk to Muriel, 
And she she was like, yeah, they said Mary, um, Muriel is the manager here. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was you I was like, Muriel, <laughs> you the boss. You have it. You do it. Hey, go do your thing. For sure. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. not I'm not vying for for attention here. Yeah. Like I that that is fine. You yep. can yeah, you can handle that. But what's crazy is like there's no reason that customer service would have told her that. She made that shit up yeah. to make herself feel more comfortable about coming in here because mm-hmm. I'm here yeah. and just dealing with Muriel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just amazing the things that people will just do with their minds in order for to get that security. In order to get that security. And so, yeah. Because it right. doesn't matter who is the boss in here? Any of us could help you out right now. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to come in here with this made up crap talking about, oh, they said Muriel's the boss. So I need to talk to her. Yeah. Like I, we could all do the same thing for you. Right. Like just come in here and we'll handle your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be something subconscious. Who knows? I wonder if, if, if Muriel, because like you said, she tries to avoid her as much as everyone else does. So I yeah. wonder what she sees. You ever, Speak to someone and they remind you of your mom or a cousin of yours or just someone. And that familiarity Mm. alone takes it's like some one or more. Yeah. But it takes it takes that that familiarity takes your level of engagement with that person to another level immediately. I've seen it happen all the time. People would be like, oh, that, that reminds me of. I have a cousin that reminds me of him. And and you just, and for no reason aside from that, they already have some sort of weird kinship mm. and they've just met this person like 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, nothing deep has been shared, but they just, there's something that is ringing true to them that is resounding throughout mm. their, their body and their memories that they've had with someone. It's, it's very interesting. A lot of that was in the book Subliminal, how your subconscious mind rules your behavior that Mikey gave to me years ago. And it's like all these, these small things that you have no idea why you're attracted to certain people, why you may find other people a little more distasteful than other people. It's a lot of very, very interesting things set in. A friend of mine was actually telling me that their mom was watching a TV show and and there was like an Indian guy on there. It was like some bachelor show. It was like watching some Indian guy on there. And first thing that her mom said was like, listen, I'm not racist. So you already know yeah. whatever you're about to say <laughs> is going to be extremely racist. <laughs> and it was something like, I would never want to be like Indian, which is just a wild thing to say Why? in and of itself. Yeah. And then, you know, the person asked him, well, like, what are you talking about? Like, wh- why? Like, why are you saying this? Why would you not want to be? And it's like, well, you know, they're all they're all dirty and they smell nasty and they don't they don't shower and the like. Oh, and you just like you, you just like yo, what are you talking about? But that is that is that person's love. Look at your face. It's just like that so is so unnecessary. It's unnecessary, but I I don't know. That is whatever because clearly that person 
does not know every Indian person. <laughs> right. Right. And they probably don't know two. <laughs> right. <laughs> but for anybody s- can be dirty and dusty and don't shower. But but for but for some reasons, unbeknownst to that person who said that, there there's something that has been implanted in their mind from some way back. Mm-hmm. That that makes them believe that this is the case because they said it with full conviction. Yeah, they probably watched too many, probably seen too many of them feed the children uh, commercials. Just thinking anything this third world or anything outside the U.S. is just they ain't got shit going on. They ain't showering. They be walking around with no shoes on. Like it's <laughs> bro, you, it's very man. You get into people's minds and their perspectives. And the origins, the derivatives of these ideas and the way their thought patterns and how they move, shit gets very, very interesting. It does. I used to tell you all the time, like, yo, I need everyone's, I need everyone's autobiography. (laughs) I need, I need everyone's, it it either got to be like a biopic or I need your autobiography. I need everyone's story. And that's why I love speaking to people so much Mm -hmm. because since I'm the type of person I am that comes in with real, genuine intention of learning. Mm-hmm. All that other shit is moved to the side that that is a hindrance, that is an obstruction mm-hmm. that gets in the way of people really understanding. All that shit is gone. And it really allows me to understand why people say the things that they do about other people, about themselves. Which is why I talked about the whole Peter Pan people living fictitious, fictitious existences right. on the last one. Because it is this sense of security that they have nestled in these narratives that they tell themselves. And it's, again, I don't want to tell. I don't want to be truthful to you. I don't want to be truthful to me. We just and, and maybe, again, it's not as willful as I'm making it out to be. It's just what they're it's just they're the hard drive. Can I give you another one liner? Give me the one-liner. I think I've said this one before, but... Go for it. I might have said this last pod. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. Did I say that last pod? You did. Okay. You did. <laughs> to which I said, eh. <laughs> eh. Like, again, it, it it depends on how you... So, having said that, do you... So, do you revere ignorance? Would you, would you Keon Harris, want to, as best you can... Be as ignorant as possible. No, I and why and why not? I personally don't want to be as ignorant as possible. Why? Uh, Do you just, not want to be blissful? I, I I think that you can be blissful without being ignorant as well. Okay, so okay, so and that's my issue with like flat statements uh-huh. such as ignorance is bliss. It's like okay, but once you start asking some questions, it, it's blissful. But do you do you want that? level of no i personally don't want that Mm -hmm. like i don't because that's not reality Mm -hmm. i want the reality you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. people that are living by the ignorance is bliss statement those people aren't truly living they're Mm -hmm. not living in the real world you're 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 allowing too many things to go in one ear and out the other a lot of shit's just flying over your head you're okay just being down here yep below the shit subterraneous you know you okay do you you know what i'm saying like you've made, you've made your home down here below all the realness that's up here mm. i don't want to do that i might kind of i might go down and stick my head up 
see what's going on, you know what I'm saying? Take a little something in, and I might come back here and chill a little bit, but I'm never going to stay down here just away from everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the reason why I say ignorance is bliss for this particular instance is because if they're living those Peter Pan realities, they're they're not willing to jump into the real world and take a grasp of reality. They're they're choosing to stay ignorant, and that in itself is blissful for them yeah. in this that particular scenario. And and that's my only issue when it because certain things are becoming normalized, such as legalization of marijuana. And I know that people are like they're hooping and hollering, like, yeah, finally, like you guys are finally catching up with the times. Like weed's not a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Let us smoke. Like who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. That is unidimensional. That is one way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that everyone should be smoking and smoking to the degree that they gonna be smoking. Mm-hmm. I think that it does cloud your vision. Mm-hmm. I think that for any for anyone that has smoked for a long period of time and then decided to take a month, two month, three month, a year break from it, and you've allowed that dust to settle, you you've came out of that smog. You realize the difference between constantly smoking and smoking every now and again or abstaining from it. These are these are completely different degrees of of existing and experiencing life. Right. Completely different. Like the clarity is completely different. And so I don't think that a lot of people can really afford to do that. Right. To smoke all the time. I I don't think that it's it's going to be healthy for them in the long run and therefore probably not healthy to a lot of people in their periphery. Right. So that's just, just a quick thing that I had to say about that. That's, <laughs> that's truly, yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just something that has to just be thought about. These things can't just be one liners that, you know, Jessica hit us up in the, in the DM a long time ago and said that something that she still tells people is, I think it's an Oscar Wilde quote that I used to say a whole lot back in the day, which was life is way too serious to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it's another one of those things that sounds really nice when you say it. It sounds like you should be free and let go and do to a degree, though. You can't yes. just not take things in life serious as though like just it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's 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 a lot of these things, but but speaking upon something that she sent us and she said she wanted to speak us, we can we can get through this real fast because I got a real quick answer. It was in the DM. I don't know if you still if you still have it. If you can look it up real quick, but it was she wanted us to to choose one of four movie characters to come and save us if we were kidnapped. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Oh, shit. Hold on. One of them was Liam Neeson from Taken. Was that in the ALW pod or was that you? I think so. It may it may have been me. I, I don't know. Scroll up. See if it is. Oh, no. That Damn, I didn't see this. So so who is? You have Liam Neeson from Taken. Yeah, you got Liam Neeson um, from Taken. You got Denzel from um, Equalizer. Equalizer. You got John Wick or, or Keanu Reeves. <laughs> As John, As John Wick. Wick. <laughs> and you got Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne. Oh, Dan, you ain't. Oh. Nah. <laughs> That's right. You don't really fuck with Matt Damon. No, like, I just didn't fuck with him as, what was it, the sexiest man alive? Is that? 
I just oh, I just didn't fuck with that. Oh yeah, no, nah, that was crazy. I don't mind Matt nah, Damon crazy. as an actor. No, nah, that was crazy. I like the Bourne series. I just didn't think he was like sexiest man alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Now <laughs> I have a real answer to this. Okay. Because I, I thought about it for about five ten minutes. I was like, oh, I I'm, like, oh. I'm just now thinking about it. I was so. like, oh, I know who I'm picking, and I know exactly why I'm picking him, and it's not because he's black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just hear me out for a second. Okay. All the question says is what you've been kidnapped. Uh, hold on, hold on. Um, you've been kidnapped. Who would you choose to save your life? Easy. So Liam Neeson had his one and only daughter taken mm-hmm. and brought to Europe, or was in Europe, was taken right, and she was about to be sold into the sex slave industry. Right. Mm-hmm. He had a certain set of skills and he decided he was really going to use them. The the real motivation in his exploits was my daughter has been taken. My wife going crazy. Like I got, I got to go find her. Right. That's my daughter. Right. Keanu Reeves and John Wick. They killed his dog at the very beginning of the movie. Yep. And he went off for about three or four movies. Because yeah. that, that's really where it started. He was like, all right, I was cool. But y'all was acting up. Y'all came through, you know, ran through some shit, broke a bunch of stuff. But you killed my dog. That's, if you remember, that's why yeah, he ran and he started acting a fool. I remember. Jason Bourne, he's trying to get his shit together. He don't lost his identity. Yeah. He's trying to figure out who he is, why the government used him the way he did. He's going through a bunch of stuff. The equalizer. Denzel Washington. He's out here. Whooping ass. Cause it's the right thing. Cause it's do. the right thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't necessarily just expect those other three guys to put everything they have into coming and saving my black ass. Right. <laughs> Especially not Liam Neeson because it turned out that motherfucker did some racist shit a couple years ago. But <laughs> but Denzel from The Equalizer, he's just going out and saving people just on the strength of nobility. Yep. On the strength of right and wrong. So I'm choosing him yep. for that reason. Yep. And he's mad calculated with it. Like he walk in a room, surveys the room, looks at his watch, 30 seconds later, everybody's dead except you. <laughs> I like I, li- I like the precision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I like, yeah, I'm I'm with the precision. I like that a lot. That's that's all. Yeah, Jessica, I hope I hope that, that did it justice. I didn't need to take too much time on that. Uh that's all. You know what? I I like what you said. I think I'm gonna go with him too. Yeah, yeah. I think For I'm sure. gonna go with I him mean, too. I mean, because because it of course they all have the skills. They all got to skills. Do it, but are they going to do it? <laughs> are they? Like, are they just waiting in a room, waiting to be chosen to, yeah. to go save someone? Like, I'm not necessarily yeah. expecting them to go get up and just get after it. Right. Hey, Jason, Earl needs your help. I'm like, uh, who? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who I am, nigga. Who's Earl? <laughs> Liam, Earl needs your help. I I don't know that nigga. I don't know that nigga. I got a particular set of skills to save my daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And he don't have his daughter taken from him like a couple times. Right. right. Did Earl take my daughter? I don't want nothing to do with Earl. 
Like, yeah. yeah, but the Liam Neeson thing, I think it was like, I think something happened with like a friend of his, or maybe it's going in real life. I, I don't get your news here. Yeah, but something happened with someone he cared about. Oh, and, I, I know. I could. And they yeah. and they they came back home or whatever, and he heard that it was like a black person. Yeah, and he just felt like he wanted to go outside and whoop any nigga he saw. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. And we ain't has he And it was like he went outside with like a crowbar or like something oh, did like he? that. I didn't know he had a weapon. I thought he was brandishing some sort oh, of weapon. Wow. Everyone looked this up because the particulars are fucked up. Yeah. But I do know that Liam Neeson did at some point leave his house nigga hunting. <laughs> so so no, I don't want him coming to look for me. Like, no, I'm 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 good on it. Nigga that. might get confused, like, oh, wrong nigga. <laughs> Killed Earl instead of the bad guy. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh man! Oh man! Oh, man. All right, that's that's <laughs> last words. You want you want yeah, to throw yeah, some yeah. last words out here so you so you can go get some of this OT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last words for the people, Keon. Um, I I encourage everyone to practice uh to increase their level of self awareness because uh, un I didn't know for for a while that increasing my self-awareness would also help me to increase how I view my surroundings, how I view the people in my life, how I view the things that are happening in my life. Uh, You got to be one with yourself first. I'm going to drop it there. Mic drop. That was a little loud. (laughs) Drop the shit. Heavy ass microphone. Um, My last words for the people. As always, I love each and every one of you. There are degrees of love. I talked this, uh, talked to this about, or I talked to this with my friend Nick, who I brought up earlier, also a, a few days ago. Big Nick. Yeah, for sure. He's little, but big Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, when I say, just so no one misinterprets this or thinks that I'm being, you know, cheeky or diminishing the idea of love when I say that I love everyone. What I mean when I say that is I want, I want the best for everyone. I truly think that what is that everyone, all boats rise on the same tide. I think that if everyone has positive progression in, in themselves that it is a net positive for us all. Yeah. So I do want that for everyone. I want no one to lose in the pursuit of happiness, in the pursuit of realization in oneself, because the better everyone is, the more opportunities people get, the more we exploit, and that is not a negative term, look it up, the more we exploit the talents and the skills of the talented and skillful and the intelligent, the brilliant, the better our world becomes. The cooler gadgets and stuff that we have, the cooler conversations we have, the better connections we have. But I should bring it back to where we started at the beginning. When people are talking to you, because I think this is going to be a lot of the the way that it happens for us. Please just try. I know it's not the easiest for everybody. I've conditioned myself through many years 
to to be competent at this at the following. Be present. Listen to the people talking to you. Show them that you care about what they're talking about because you have no idea how important, how pivotal that thing may be to them and what you lending your ear to them could be for them, how transformative it could be for them and for for you through conversation and through your relationship with that person. And therefore, all of the extenuating factors that 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 branch into those that meld into those that connect into those because it is all one big network of minds and of hearts and of ideas. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it together. We have to stop being afraid to have these conversations with our closest loved ones because we feel as though they don't actually give a shit. We shouldn't be in that position. We have to learn to be a little bit more vulnerable and give them the chance To do it, myself included. But we also on the receiving end have to show them that they care so we can reinforce that sense of security. So you don't find yourself at the nearest storage space talking about you need to move from this unit to the next unit to that unit is Mariel here. I need a new lock. What's going on? People walking past. I don't want this person to see me. I need to hide away. We don't need that in any degree in our lives. We need a sense of security because once you have that, you can do a lot. You can do a lot, but you need that first. It is important. Be there for your loved ones. I'm going to put a cherry on top to to uh, the story I was telling about the woman. She also gave us an address for a P.O. box in the Virgin Islands. Whoa. I, I don't even know what... She doesn't want to be found. She doesn't want. She wants. She. She got a PO box in the Virgin. Is it I don't for someone? Fucking know. I was about to say maybe know. that's for someone. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, who knows what know. that is? But but it's 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 that's where it's her on, mail's It's going. on brand. It's on brand it with is. her. It is. It is. Okay. Episode ninety three. <laughs> Whoop whoo! Thank you, everybody. Peace.